0: This is the wrong song. No, no. Get the right song on. This team continues to show a complete lack of passion, of discipline, of finish, just desire to win. Like, there, there's seemingly no desire from this hockey team right now to go out and win a hockey game. What a, An excellent first period. Honestly, a fantastic first period. Three goals from three guys who you want to be scoring goals for. Ilya Makayev, JT Miller, Andre Kuzmenko. And they allow two goals to gross. Like, what is going on here? I don't know if it's an issue with the goaltending or if it's the defense. Here's a hint. It's both. Uh, or if the Canucks just need to score more than three goals when they're able to put up, what, 46 shots in a night. The same as they did against Anaheim. Against Anaheim, they scored eight goals off 46 shots. If you're going to put up 46 shots, you better score more than three. And your goalie better make some saves. But they go out in a shootout and they get nothing done there. They play for the one point. Sure, the point's great but at some point you're going to fall too far behind the eight ball. This team is now three, six and three. When everything went to hell last year, there were seven games below 500. There's still only three games below 500, but this would be a really nice one. And basically a free game to have gone out and gathered two points and to have gotten only two games away from 500 because to win or not to win, but to make the playoffs, you're going to have to be about, 12 games above 500, right? You're going to have to put up 94, 95, 97 points was the bar last year. So let's say you have to be 15 games above 500, right? That's not what we're seeing here. We're we're not seeing that at all. We are seeing a team that just doesn't have any finish, that doesn't have any will to take a game across the finish line. And two nights ago in Anaheim, they did take it across the finish line here uh, against a... John Gibson, who is playing absolutely terribly, and a bad Anaheim defense, but they go up against Nashville, a team who they are supposed to beat. Right, they were favored. Cucks were minus one thirty-five uh, on the betting lines. Uh, not that I'm advertising gambling, uh, but the Cucks were were the favorites coming into this game. Uh, they had won three of their last four. Right, they were they had a chance to win four of their last five, be two games away from five hundred, and start to make a push. Right, start start to replicate, you know teams that are going on these runs and show that they are actually a good team and outscore their problems. The problem is the Canucks defense came out showing the problems that they had, but the offense did not go and outscore those problems. And they tried, they scored, or they didn't score. They they had 46 shots. I'd be interested to see what the actual expected goals were on those 46 shots. I, I think they were probably fairly decent. UC Saros, had a terrible first period They came up to play the rest of the way. But if you're going to put out 31, sorry, 33 shots in the second, third, and overtime, you can't be getting shut out on those 33 shots. You just can't as a team that is desperate for every single point they can get. Like, it's just, it's not acceptable. And it was so predictable. If you were here, if you were, if you open this live stream, after the first period, when I published it, I, I got it all set up. I What I've started to do is I've started to put in the title my two alternative titles that I'm going to have. Because it's like a, it a short title and then two slashes, then Canucks versus Predators, in this case, post-game. And I had two titles there ready. I said, Canucks win four of last five or Canucks blow three-goal lead. Because I knew it was a possibility. You go back to any of the past few years where they weren't blowing two goal leads seemingly every night, or in this case, a three goal lead. I would have thought that they probably had this game in the bag, but no, they continue to blow leads. This team has no resilience. They have no drive to finish what they start. They go out, they score three goals on a goalie who's not playing great. Fantastic. The goalie's not playing great. Make it five. Make it six. Don't just sit on the three goals that you have, not have many high danger chances after that, and just rest on a three-goal lead hoping that your defense, which is bad, will be able to prevent the other team from matching it. And guess what they did? So let's go over this game. Let's go over it. Let's do, it's a very quick recap. I don't have much here. Two minutes in. Canucks score their first goal. Nice zone entry from Quinn Hughes. Leaves Micah, have a bunch room down the left wing. He fires it in that perfect sort of golden ratio like... 20 inches off the ice, like personally between the pad and the glove, squeaks through Soros, one nothing. Less than two minutes later, they add another. It's JT Miller, a beautiful steal by Bo Horvath on the forecheck, feeds Hoaglander. He's stopped, but a juicy rebound, a UC rebound, you might say, but it's less fun since they lost, that pun that I put together. Uh, goes right on the tape of JT Miller, he makes it 2 nothing, and then JT Miller is just trying to break away, his shot gets stopped, but the Canucks go into their first power play after killing two penalties. The Canucks killed two penalties, they still lost. And it's JT Miller finding Kuzmenko with his stick on the ice back door. Uh, He's basically chase on, but a million times better taps at home three, nothing. Canucks are nine to their last 15 on the power play. They lost this game after scoring the first three goals, but I digress. Let's go to the second period. Tyler Myers takes a dumb, uh, not a dumb penalty. This was not on Tyler Myers. This was a terrible call. Normally I try not to complain about officiating because the team's too bad for officiating to matter. Um, but a, a hit in the numbers from Geno uh, on Ethan Bear. Sure, it's open ice; it's not against the boards, but it's still a hit to the numbers. Tyler Myers immediately goes after him. That's what is supposed to be done, especially on a team that's struggling to gel as a cohesive unit. You need to stand up for each other. So Myers immediately goes after Geno and somehow gets an instigator penalty, and on the ensuing power play, Gross scores. Uh, It's a Gross call. It's a Gross goal. It was just a tip-in. Now it's 3-1. They're not done. Um, Third period, Gross gets his second of the night. Just a minute in. It's a long point shot. It's just a long point shot. It's a shot from the point. It's a wrist shot. It's not a slap shot. It's not 100 miles an hour. It's like 80-mile-an-hour wrist, or maybe, maybe 70-mile-an-hour, and Demko misses it. He just misses it. It's another gross goal for gross. And it's 3 2. And then, less than two minutes later, 241 into the third period, uh, Nita Ryder scores. He gets just two free whacks at the puck in tight. There's no defenseman in sight looking to make a play. Riley Stillman is literally just standing there. Like, what, are, what is the defense doing? What is Demco doing? Why can't this team make a single defensive play? It's unreal. So the last 17 minutes go by in the third period. Canucks get in a shell in the last five minutes or so, just trying to force overtime, secure the point. By the way, this is a team that needs every two points they can get. Maybe they shouldn't be trying to survive until overtime. Although, sure, the point's nice, but you know it's just boring, boring hockey. We go to overtime and it's sloppy. There's giveaways each direction. Horvat has a nice steal. They they shoot it wide. The Duchesne gives it up. Johansson gives it up. It's just giveaways the entire overtime. It's a mess. So we go to the shootout. Elias Pettersson tries the Forsberg. It's a perfect move, but it rolls off his stick. I have no blame for Elias Pettersson here. It's a move that beat the goalie that 90% of the time he's going to finish. And if he does finish this, maybe it's a different hockey game. Maybe the Canucks do get the extra point. Granlin tries to go five hole, but kind of slow, and, and Demko sort of sprawls out, so there's no room. Miller does his classic slow down the left side, trying to find a place to shoot the puck. He tries to go five hole, doesn't work. Whatever. Again, no really problem. No real problems with that Miller play. It usually like it works half the time when he does those slow uh walk ins down the left hand side. Sometimes he'll find the spot, sometimes it won't. And then Duchesne scores the cook shot five hole, and then it's Bo Horvat. Bo Horvat a chance to tie the game and he skates in and it just rolls off his stick at the top of the circle. Not even like just inside the blue line. Bo horvath has been great. He scored 11 goals or 10 goals this year, but there's no excuse for that. Like there's no reason as an NHL hockey player to just lose the puck skating on a shootout. I wouldn't do that. And I play D league house. It's it sucks. Right. And again, I mean, not like he meant to do it. It's a, it's a little mistake that maybe doesn't even cost the team. The game What cost the team. The game is bad. Goaltending bad defense, but at least they get a point, right? I guess. So let's go into the pluses and minuses. Pluses are actually pretty good because I noted them all down after the first period Andre Kuzmenko keeps scoring. That's great. He is literally chase on, but better. Uh, the power play on that point is unstoppable. Like, the uh, sure, they only go one for four tonight, but their first power play they score on, and they ended up being, I think, nine, for fif- nine of their last 15 at that point. This power play is clicking at a rate that is obviously unsustainable, but it's sort of balancing out how bad the penalty kill is. By the way, penalty kill went 80% tonight. That is unprecedented for this Canucks team. One for five on the power play, the Nashville Predators. Um, Still not great. I mean, they still don't go perfect on a penalty kill again, but 80% ain't bad. Um, And by the way, the first three of those Canucks penalty kills, they only allowed one shot. That was fantastic. Uh, I thought Ethan Bear was really good tonight. Uh, the Canucks had lots of shots, right? 46 shots. That's fantastic. Um, but you need more high danger chances. If we take it to natural stat trick, uh, Canucks expected goals at all strengths. Uh, second period was their highest. They had two expected goals. They didn't score on a single one, but at five V five 0.92 in the first, and then they fell off 0.63 0.56 in the third. So they, they regressed throughout the game. Third period Right, the third period has been a real topic of conversation for this hockey team. They went 29.9% of expected goals in the third period. They got outshot on the Corsi in the third period. They got outshot in the game itself 15 to 13 by Nashville. And in a game where the Canucks were trailing or not trailing, but tied for most of the third period, again, they got outshot. They got outscored. In the third period, they got out-chanced at high danger. Uh, high danger chances in the third period were 5-4 to four in favor of Nashville. Not a big difference, but still. This Canucks team routinely gets outplayed in the third period. I don't understand what it is. I don't understand how they can be the better team through two periods. And by a pretty heavy margin. And then just get outplayed in the third period. Like, there, there's no... Like I said there's no resilience, there's no drive to come out in the third period as the better team. The Nashville's not a great team. The Canucks should be better than Nashville. Again, if you ignore maybe the first 11 games of the season, maybe especially the first 7, let's say. But for this team to just go out and just get beat in the third period. Like it's just so typical at this point and it's so frustrating because the Canucks can go into a third period up by two goals and you know in your head that it's only a 50-50 shot that they win. Like that's just absurd at this point. Uh minuses. Thatcher Demko. I've tried to withhold my criticism from Thatcher Demko as much as possible um because he was so he's been so good for this team. Something's off. I I mean, you know, he comes into this game. Sure. Three goals on 30 shots. It's not bad. It's a 900, but this is not the Thatcher Demko that we are used to seeing. We're used to seeing a Thatcher Demko that steals games. A game like this, where Nashville has 30 shots, the Canucks score three goals. Thatcher Demko of last year and the year before is only allowing a single goal, regardless of how the defense plays. And the Canucks pull out a win here. And that's been the case a few times this season. And I have continuously said he'll figure it out. At some point, the moral victories, like I have said, you know, they're not good enough. The Canucks have a back-to-back as their next two games. I don't have the schedule in front of me, but I can pull it up. Uh, The Canucks play Tuesday and Wednesday, so they get a nice little two-day break. They travel to the East Coast. They have Ottawa on Tuesday, Montreal on Wednesday. After that, they have Toronto on Saturday, Boston on Sunday. It's two back to backs in a row. We will be seeing Spencer Martin twice, and Thatcher Demko twice. If Spencer Martin puts out two puts up two outstanding games, I mean, who knows at this point, right? I mean, I mean, Demko can't make a save. He's at an eight seventy. Coming into this game, he puts up a 900 this game, so that's not going to change much. He was an 876, so maybe he's like an 882 now. It's not good enough. He's now 1-6-2 and two this season. Uh, other minuses. Uh, Cox blew another lead. Obviously, we've talked about that a lot. Um, Riley Stillman is not it, folks. He just is not it. Riley Stillman is... is He's not better than Kyle Burroughs. He's not better than Jack Rathbone. He just flat out isn't. And it's not that close. Let me see if I can sort this by expected goals. Oh my God, it's worse than I thought. At 5v5 tonight, when Riley Stillman was on the ice, the Vancouver Canucks expected goals for percentage was a measly 16 and percent. That's atrocious. Meanwhile, Luke Shen 76.66. There is no way. Let's take it to all, all strengths. Let's see if it was yeah 20.7% at all strengths. It's unacceptable. Like he, I, I don't, understand why Riley Stillman is in the lineup over someone like Kyle Burrows. And if you want to keep it to the left side, then why isn't Jack Rathbone in the lineup? What, you can't trust him defensively? While Riley Stillman was on the ice, the Canucks had only five shot attempts the entire game. The lowest by four. Because when Josh was on the ice, the Canucks had nine. When Studnicka was on the ice, in just his eight and a half minutes, the Canucks had nine shot attempts. All situations. But when Riley Stillman was on the ice for his 12 minutes, at least per natural stat trick, he might have had actually more in the game that hadn't been completely tracked. Nope, 12-14, that's all he played. The Canucks had five shot attempts, but 15 against. When you could have someone like Jack Rathbone who can at least, maybe maybe he's just as bad defensively, but there's no way he's as bad offensively. But I don't even think he is as bad defensively. I think Jack Rathbone's a good hockey player. There's literally zero reason for Jack Rathbone to not be in the lineup at this point. And there's zero reason for Kyle Burrows to not being in the lineup at this point. Kyle Burrows has been one of the Canucks' best defensemen. Consistently. Like, he's been a consistent number four. Maybe even if you call him a consistent number six, that would make him the, be- the third best defenseman on the Canucks right now. I don't understand why people like Riley Stillman are in the lineup over Kyle Burrows, over Jack Rathbone. Meanwhile, Vasily Pod Colson gets scratched, which is a little questionable. Jack Stanika, keep in mind, only playing eight and a half minutes. Dakota Joshua playing 10 and a half minutes. I thought Joshua was good. Niels Oman playing 10 26. But, like, if you're going to go out and play a guy like studnika eight and a half minutes, like, surely you can shuffle some things around and get Pog Colson in, right? Because keep in mind, he played eight and a half minutes. The Canucks were ahead by three goals, and then by two goals. The Canucks were ahead by two goals for 24 minutes of this game. It, it's honestly just sad. So the Canucks go to three, six, and three at this point. Nine losses out of 12 games so far this year. And sure, they've won three of their last five, I guess. But, it you know, one of those games was against Seattle. And sure, Seattle's been on a bit of a heater. Good on them, right? They're second in the Pacific, which is mind-boggling. But one of those games was against Pittsburgh, which at the time seemed impressive. Pittsburgh's lost seven in a row. Right? And the Canucks just lost to the Nashville Predators. This, the sixth team in the central division. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's silly at this point. It's just silly. All right. Time to go to the people. I think so. Let's pull up the comment machine. We might keep this kind of short because we're already 20 minutes in of me just venting. Stuart's saying we played super hard in the first. Might have actually fatigued towards the end. Um, that's also not an excuse. And I understand where you're coming from. Maybe that is the case. Maybe the Canucks were fatigued towards the end of the game. Then go work on your cardio. You are NHL hockey players who are playing, you know, the best players played 22, 23 minutes. Lots. That's an overtime though, right? Two minutes each is an overtime for the best players. Maybe you're playing between 18 and 20 minutes of regular time. You should not be fatigued to the point of throwing the game away. Uh, Gus saying, the Canucks make a goalie look like a Vezna Trophy candidate after a rough start. Look, Saros is a good goalie. He played really bad in the first period. But typically when goalies are playing really bad, they don't figure it out that easily. Right, Typically, they don't save the next 30 shots or whatever the number was that he did save uh, in this game. It looks like it just updated. The Canucks had a shot taken away. They only have 45 shots now, by the way. Uh, yeah, the of had 13 shots in the first period. They had scored their three goals. So that's at least 32 consecutive shots. Sure, throw in the shootout ones. 34 consecutive shots that UC Saros saved. You know, you got to finish. You got to score a goal once or twice. JC saying after Myers got called in that probably bad call. It was a bad call. Uh, the Canucks collapsed. Yeah, they, they quit. They completely quit. Which again is just completely unacceptable. Like you can't... You, this team isn't good enough to quit. This team isn't, you know... They haven't won 8 out of 13 games. And you can't be like, ah, they quit in this one. It sucks, but hey, they'll be back in the next one. No, this team has already put themselves behind the eight ball. They need every single point that they can get. They have nine points through 12 games. They need to have probably 97. Let's go off of last year. 97 points by the end of the season. Let's do some easy math, right? 97 minus nine. That's 88 points Need 88 more points. And they have 70 games left. So they need 1.26 points per game. So they need to basically win half and a quarter of those games. So they need to win, what's that, 35 and then a quarter of 70? So 47 of those games? That math seems a little odd. No. Yeah, basically they need to win 47 of those games. No, that can't be right. They do with like 40 of those games. No, 40 wouldn't be enough. 45 would be 90 plus the three wins already would be 96. They do in 40 more games. They have 70 to go. Good luck. Like this team has not shown that they are going to win 40 of the next 70 games. Uh, Dave, you saying not sure the goals on Demko are really that savable. Uh, that's, that gross goal at the f- top of the first period, that wrist shot from the point, I mean, you got to find a way to get in front of it. Uh, that Niederreiter goal where he was able to just walk in and have a couple whacks, sure. Maybe that's not on him. But the problem is that Demko hasn't, this season, earned the benefit of the doubt, right? With how Demko has played in his first handful of appearances... He has been allowing more goals than average, right? He's been, you know, j- he's just been allowing more goals than expected at all situations. And Demko has shown himself to be a goalie that is better than average over the past couple of years. So he has not been up to that snuff. Demko of the lot la- like I said, Demko the last couple of years finds a way to make a couple extra saves. Even if the average goalie you reasonably would say, oh, you know, he couldn't have had that one. Demko has made crazy miraculous saves day in and day out for this hockey team the last two years, and he's not doing that at this point. And that is the difference in some cases, right? Like those miraculous saves are extremely important. Uh, let's see here. Jeremy saying, I don't know if there's a hard team to watch right now. It's the most depressing team I've seen since 86. Well, I wasn't around 86, uh, but it is sure depressing and it was depressing last year too. But last year, the, the, the promises were lesser, right? The promises were a team that, you know, was, was like pushing for the playoffs but this year, they were supposed to be a playoff team. And that isn't what we've seen. Which makes it depressing, right? It's it's the it's the dichotomy of what we expected that makes it hurt more, right? That's the problem. BL Tubes, Bear for fifth seemed like a steal. I agree. Uh, he has been good. Um, I mean, you look at Bear's history, right? He was a top four defenseman in Edmonton and then gets hit by COVID. Long COVID basically takes him out for a long period of time, and he regressed a lot from there. But, you know, he got his spot taken in Carolina. He has been better this year and at least decent for the Canucks. But if you have a, a guy who's in the lineup and can make some offensive plays and maybe bring some life to the team for a fifth-round pick, that's great. And then you're also agreeing with playing Stillman over Rathbun and Burrows being bad. I agree. Uh, I fully, fully agree. Uh, Jaskin saying part of the game was just gross. I mean, yeah, true. Good point. I don't know if there was a pun intended with Gross scoring a couple of goals. What's his first name? Jordan Gross? Gross. Uh, Alex saying trade Myers, Pearson, JT Miller, OEL, and start rebuilding. I mean, I still think this team is better than... I think the sum of their parts is better than how they've been playing, which is a problem because teams that are competitive need to be better than the sum of their parts um but this team just plays kind of slow and lazy with players that are really really good you look at Elias Pettersson right Elias Pettersson has 15 points this year JT Miller's over a point a game as of right now Quinn Hughes is putting up a ton of points Andre Kuzmenko has seven goals in 12 games Bo Orvet has 10 and this team is three six and three Like, the defense is just such an absolute failure. And we thought coming into this year, this Canucks team would just need to outscore the defense. That's hard when the defense is this bad. Alex saying, buy out the OEL contract. I don't think that helps much. Uh, Dogwood saying, power's still out. Sorry to hear that. Uh, Yeah, last night was crazy. Uh. Excuse me. I had to listen on radio. Imagine how bad the game went. It went bad. It went bad. Scott's saying, why not Kuzmenko instead of Miller in the shootout? JT Miller is historically pretty good in shootout. Um, I don't know if there's a way to find his stats. Uh, Sorry, I'm trying to pull it up here. There doesn't seem to be a good way to find how someone is in the shootout. Um, but I'm sure as heck trying. But he is historic. Like I've said, he's he's been good in shootouts. Uh, so I don't hate the idea to go with him, right? Uh, in his career, he's 40% in shootouts. He's 9 for 23 coming into this game. Last year, he was 3 for 7. Oh, that's fine. Keep in mind, he went like six years in a row without scoring in a shootout, right? So if you take those out, in a, as a Canuck, he's like 50%, just under 50% by a couple of goals. Like, JT Miller's fine in the shootout. I, I don't have a problem with that. Clutch this team's mentally weak and soft as heck. Opponent scores a goal, this team suddenly starts panicking, making self-errors all over the place. Demko can't make a big save to help the team. Fully agreed. Fully agreed. Uh, Jaskran saying the power play goal be lost trash shouldn't have been a power play for the Preds. I hate the call. Yeah, it's a bad call. But again, at, at one point the Canucks need to have a power play that converts every time for one night, just one night. And again, they don't get there. Um Jaskaran, do you think it would have been a different story if Martin was in net? I mean, that changes so much, right? I don't know. I don't have a good answer. It might have. I think Martin's been playing better than Demko so far this year. But again, Demko's still your starting goalie, right? Like he's still coming into this year he was a top ten goalie in the league. He needs to figure it out. Like he he just has to figure it out. And I don't know what it takes to get there, what it takes for him to figure it out, but it needs to happen. Dogwood saying uh uh next time with the Canucks play the third period to start the game. Oh, so you want them to be down 3 nothing after 1. You think they're going to come back from that? I don't know. Quadro saying, remember last year the Canucks always had a terrible first 20? Well, they fixed that issue this year. They swatted the last 20. Maybe they're just daylight savings. You know, daylight savings ends tonight. Maybe that fixes it. You know, the extra hour. Or we're losing an hour. Maybe that brings the Canucks back to being bad in the first period and good in the third. Uh... Natasha saying agree they're playing without passion or simply or seemingly a drive to win. but like I don't understand why what causes a whole team to lose competitive drive like that I don't know I you know there's all this talk about culture which is sort of a buzzword that is hard to define right it's it's so easy to say ah the culture's bad or whatever the speech Kevin Bieksa gave on Thursday night I think, summarized things very well when he said, you know, culture is basically everyone wanting to be the best at their craft, right? If you're an energy guy, you know, you're the guy going in winning board battles. Well, your job is to be in the gym on your spare time, have the best cardio. Have the, you know, be the strongest. Maybe it gives you a 5% edge in those board battles. And maybe it helps you score or helps your team score a goal every once in a while. If you're the guy that's tipping pucks in front, don't just show up when it's mandatory, right? Before practice, tip 40 shots on goal, right? Get even better. You know, if you're a shooter, if you're a goal scorer, be out there before practice. Take a, Put 100 pucks on net before the game starts. I don't think this team has that. I think this team is, like, coasting on who they are. And, you know, it's frustrating. I don't know how they get away from that. Because it's the way they were last year, whether their coach was Travis Green or Bruce Boudreau, I don't think it's a coaching thing. I think it's just the guys in the room not caring enough. And I, I, I don't know how to fix it because it's poisonous, right? It's toxic. You have a couple guys who, you know, if your best players are guys who aren't putting in the extra effort, well, do you think the guys who are playing eight minutes a night are going to be putting in that extra effort, right? Meanwhile, if you look back to the Canucks from 12 years ago and you look at guys like, you know, the Sedins and Burroughs and Ham Hughes and, and like, you know, the, the best players on the team going out and putting in that extra effort, right? Kessler as a good example, you know, hitting the gym harder because he wants to to win those battles. You know, it, when, when those fourth line guys look at that, they're going to see that and be like, Oh, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Right. I'm supposed to be putting in the extra effort, honing my craft, But I I don't think that's the vibe that the Vancouver Canucks have right now. And I think it's poisonous, right? It just takes a couple of guys to have a negative attitude or a negative mindset. And it's so easy for that to spread across a team. And I I think it's it's killing this hockey team, right? And and it's going to force this team to have to make some big moves that on paper they shouldn't have to make. What else we got? Uh, I wonder if if how much is there that I want to uh, to go with? Gus saying Rathbun will not harm the team, zero risk of playing over Stillman. You're absolutely right. Uh, like I said, you're 100 right. Wolfgrass saying Pod Colson needs to play. Rathbun needs to play. I don't know what garbage this is. I, I don't hate pulling Pod Colson out for a night, but. You know, a guy like Jack Rathbone, I think there's no excuse, especially with how mediocre, bad, Riley Stillman has been. Uh, yeah, there's no reason for Jack Rathbone to not be in the lineup. I mean, I said it during my video when Dickinson got traded a month ago, because I went back and I reviewed that video. Um I said this just feels like something that's gonna get in Jack Rathbone's way, right? The acquisition of Riley Stillman. And I apparently was right, and Riley Stillman hasn't been worth it. Uh quarter say there's a lot of lot of questions on the fatigued, which which I agreed. Um uh, what else do we got? Uh Philip. I haven't seen you here before, Philip, I don't think. Welcome. I don't think it's fatigue. Mental concentration is lacking. They weren't able to connect passes and make plays during the third period. Yeah, no, it's not fatigue. I, I I don't, you know, giving up isn't fatigue, right? Giving up is giving up. Giving up is a lack of effort. Giving up is a lack of desire to get the job done and trying to coast. It's, it's mental fortitude, but I don't even, is it mental fortitude or is it just laziness? Right? Like, it's it's ridiculous. MVD saying something wrong with the ice. PD and coos fan in OT. PD and Horvath fan in, in the shootout. Uh, Rogers Arena has notoriously had pretty mediocre ice across the NHL. If you look up, like, best ice in the NHL, you will not find Rogers Arena, which is shocking, considering, you know, it's a cold market, right? It was, like, 8 degrees outside at the peak of today. Maybe 10. Uh, you should be able to have good hard ice, Uh, but the Canucks have never had the best ice in the league, which isn't the worst thing, right? I mean, both teams play on the same ice and you can get used to it, but that's just the way it is. Uh, Well, of course, at this point, I just want them to lose, have a god awful season coming last or next to last. Very tired of the mediocrity. Oh, well, buckle up because I bet we're going to see a handful of wins for every handful of losses for the rest of the year. Uh, it's just the way this team works. Um, uh, Allison saying, who's running the team with who's in the lineup doesn't look like Bruce has control it's Bruce's team. I I mean, at the head coaching level, it is Bruce's team. He is the one who decides who is in or out of the lineup. Um, and we can disagree with his thoughts all we want. Um, you know, he gets a lot of benefit of the doubt based on last year. And I mean, it's kind of a known thing that he won't be the head coach come next year. Uh, cause Jim Rutherford and, and Alvin don't seem to be speaking too highly of him. Um, so, I mean, criticizing the coach doesn't even really get us anywhere because I, he's not going to get fired because they don't have three coaches on the books. Um, uh, and I, I don't know. I, I think he's making some, some iffy decisions, but I think they're decisions that almost every coach in the NHL would seem to make because they always seem to lean on the veteran side, right? They always, you know, they never want to... Put the young defenseman in at risk of him making a mistake and it costing, coughing up a goal. Meanwhile, Riley Stillman does that on a night by night basis. So I don't know. JR also saying that management's involved with lineup decisions instead of the best lineup. I, I wouldn't get it though. Why would management be involved? And if they were, why would they be pushing Riley Stillman? Like it doesn't add up to me. Uh, Trevor Pruner saying Stillman for a second looking even worse. Stillman for a second looking even worse now. Uh, Stillman was not the return for the second. the The return for the second was the the 1.35 million in cap space for the next two years, or 1.3 million in cap space for the next two years. Uh, Stillman was a throw-in, um, from Chicago. That the Canucks thought maybe they could turn into something, but that second round pick was not for Riley Stillman. Because Riley Stone's probably worth like a sixth in this league. What else do we got? Phillips saying the Hex play badly when they keep fumbling the puck with little to no pressure on them. No plays, lots of turnovers, can't sustain the attack. Yeah, I, I mean, there's, like I said, there's really no excuse for them. MVD sort of criticizing Miller's three breakaways that he wasn't creative on any of them. He, he's not a deaker, he's a shooter. He's got a great shot. Saros was just the better guy tonight. That's all it is. Trevor Pruner, which player would you play f- or would you trade for a top four D-man? Well, who are you getting a top four D-man for? Right? I mean, wingers might not even get you a top four D-man at this point. So, you know, you might want to say Garland or Besser, um, but is are either of them getting you, you know, maybe Besser does, you know, maybe Besser does get you a top four D-man. But probably not a top two, right? We're talking probably talking about a third or a fourth D man, which isn't really ideal. So I don't know. Jam Rox, great start, but man, the shootout was brutal. Was there live today, came from out of town? Pro Kuzmenko stays hot. Bear looked really good. Yep, Bear looked good. I-, I love seeing Kuzmenko put up points. He's gonna they're gonna have to pay him next year. But you know, I mean, you know, back up the Brinks truck. I I, I-, I love Kuzmenko. Uh, I don't really care about shootout losses that much because the shootout is such a crap shoot, but you know, it's really the way the Canucks play in the, in the third period that bothers me more, much more so than losing in a shootout. Every point matters, of course, but you know, that's, you know, losing in a shootout is, is it's kind of fluky usually, right? Um, you know, it's three shots that it all comes down to for that extra point. But the Canucks just got outplayed in the third period, as they continue to do, which is unacceptable. Uh, Symfony is saying, it looks like McKay have still heard his speed hasn't been as advertised. You got to keep in mind, his speed, like you think of the speed of these players, like maybe he's a couple kilometers faster, a couple kilometers an hour faster than, than the other players. You know, you only really make a visible difference when you have a long skate to make that difference on uh, he had a couple plays where he got some extra space you know his goal you know he got a basically probably an extra step based on his speed and then there was the other play where he sort of came in on the middle I don't remember exactly what happened but he, he did break free a little bit twice tonight um, so I'm, I'd have no real problems with McKay I mean he scored a goal all right game's not on him Uh, coach Rob saying we get an extra hour of sleep tonight. I guess we do. I was thinking we lost an hour, but the extra hour will be nice. Um, cause the top clocks go back an hour, which means we gain an hour of sleep. Um, all right. Let's see what else we got. I think, you know, we're, we're 42 minutes in here, folks, you know, hit the like button. If you're, if you're enjoying the show, Make sure you're subscribed. Um, you guys know the deal at this point. But I think we are going to wrap up uh, because I am uh, I'm exhausted. You know, it's 1044. I played two hockey games today back to back. So I'm just dead. Um, like I said, if you enjoyed the show, hit like, hit subscribe. All that good stuff. Uh, Canucks next game is, like I said, on Tuesday, 4 p.m. against the Senators. So hopefully we will be live here at about 6.30, 7 o'clock. When that game is over, they go back to back. They go against the Habs on November 9th, the Wednesday. Um, So, yeah, we're going to wrap it up there. Uh, If you missed any part, you can rewind back to the beginning. It'll be live on your favorite podcast platform in a matter of about 15, 20 minutes. Just search for Parker's Pucks and Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You guys know the deal at this point. Other than that, have a good night. Go Lions tomorrow. Lions in the West semifinal against the Calgary Stampeders. I will be there. So if you see me there, wave, say hi. Um, and other than that, I will talk to you all on Tuesday. See you later.